Welcome to From the Bronx with Love, a podcast where we explore pop culture, food, music, and as a bonus, random rants, all done with a multicultural lens. We're your hosts, Dom and Karen. Hola, everyone. How are you? How are you, Dom? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Uh, really excited to record this episode because I have a lot of stories to <laughs> Yeah, so... Um, How's your pink? Okay, I was gonna say, judging by our like title of our podcast, everyone knows we're in the Bronx, which is located in New York (laughs) City for those who are geographically impaired. So it's hella cold out here. Yes, it is. So I'm like, I'm really excited to leave the winter in New York City and go Uh, to LA. I'm jealous. Mm -hmm. You're leaving soon. Yeah. How dare you not take me with you? Yeah. (laughs) Oopsies. But I hope that later on throughout, like, later on in the year, I can go, because I do have something planned. Mm -hmm. Um, It's something, like, family related, Mm -hmm. so if it happens, I'll probably be doing a trip myself. Yeah. So, it's not that bad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're just leaving me here in cold New York. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. That's the kind of co-host I am. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. I'm going to look for a new one while you're here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, how are you? I'm good. My week has been good. Mm-hmm. I went um, consistently to the gym. Yeah. Oh, you guys haven't, you guys can't see my face, but I'm very surprised. Yep. I was at the gym. What else did I do? I went thrift shopping, which I am so excited about. Because mm-hmm. I, I told you how much I've been getting into this mm-hmm. lately. So, now it's kind of like, I don't know if it's good or bad, but every time that I find a good deal, mm-hmm. I get a rush. No, and now, good. I'm just kind of like want to go there more often and i even asked the girl that works there i was like so when do you bring out your new stuff <laughs> and she was like well we're constantly buying so you know you just have to come once in a while and check out what new items we have mm-hmm. i was like damn it so that means like, every day yeah i was gonna say so you're gonna move in <laughs> yeah yeah but i got some really nice pieces that of course i need to wash and then I need to be invited to some party or go clubbing <laughs> so that I can wear this stuff. Yeah, I got two dresses that are definitely really nice for the club. Oh my, that's it, going to be another like, episode. It's kind of like the little black dress, mm-hmm. but they are they they fit perfectly. Mm-hmm. So they must be worn at a club. Oh wow, <laughs> you're so productive. I, I am. I'm an adult, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. What else did I do? Gym, thrift shop, uh, work, obviously. Oh, we don't have to talk And, about uh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's about it. And then just dealing with, like, the whole tax forms, W-2s, all that shit. What is that? I don't... <laughs> I, I do understand, but I'm like, wow, that's very soon. <laughs> well, it's still January. Yeah, but you need to get there ahead of time so that H&R Block is not packed mm. with everyone that waits till the last minute. Yeah, I'm spoiled. I use my parents' accountant. Oh, <laughs> okay. I'm not that fancy. <laughs> and I go to H&R Block, but I like going early on in the year mm-hmm. because if you wait... So like, let's say like a few weeks before it's due. Oh no, you are right. going to be in there for like the whole entire Saturday. And right. I do not plan on doing that. No, 
That's Saturdays for thrifting. Exactly. Right? <laughs> I could be doing something more productive. Yeah. But now that we are talking about taxes and being adults, mm-hmm. I have some stories to share with you. Ooh. So this is kind of like Karen's story time. Yes. <laughs> mm. And I even jotted them down so that I wouldn't forget because these stories are important. Okay? All right. Let's so, hear it. First of all, I want to send a shout out to this podcast called A, a Little Mass. Mm -hmm. So it's these two chicas that they also record their podcast. Very informative. They're funny. Mm -hmm. I love it. Mm -hmm. So kind of like I I got inspired from them with this episode. Listen, go listen to their most recent episode where they talk about all these different scams that are out there. (gasps) Yeah. 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 Stop, stop, stop. Okay. Are we talking (laughs) about like, like, what is it called? Um, Shit, 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 shit. I'm forgetting. Like the whole IRS calls and... Oh, I thought we were talking about like pyramid scams. Oh, no, no. That's another episode Mm because I have my stories about that too. Me too. Okay, no. That is like a whole entire episode dedicated. scams. Yeah. Okay, so um, I want to just let you guys know, I'm just going to share my stories, Mm -hmm. but definitely go listen to this podcast and we're going to link it in the info, info box so that you guys could go listen to their episode because they go into details on how to get more information, where they're reported. Mm-hmm. She gives a little bit more like detailed information that is useful. I'm just going to share my stories with you. So yeah. this is so you can go check out that podcast. Mm-hmm. And because they also get into a really funny topic that you definitely will enjoy. I had some good laughs. Nice. Okay. So we're going to start with the first one. Okay. <laughs> and obviously this has to do with taxes. I am like on the edge of my seat right okay. now. Okay. Well, you're in for like a, a ride. Whole, yeah, a ride. Mm-hmm. All right. So last year, mm-hmm. around probably August, September, I want to say, I was at work mm-hmm. and I received a number from, the, like it was this number that I didn't recognize, mm-hmm. but I answered it anyway. So then this guy tells me that they're calling on behalf of the IRS because I haven't paid my taxes, right? That Mm -hmm. I owed the government money. So in my head, I kind of freaked out at first because I was like, no, like I I reported everything, okay? Mm -hmm. So then I was like, okay, but I didn't get any notice. And they were like, this is your final notice. I was like, but when was the first notice? Because I never received anything. Mm -hmm. And then they were like, oh, they mailed you several times. That's why we're calling now because you have 72 hours to get this money. And I was like, okay, first of all, where did you send these letters to? Mm -hmm. Tell me the email and tell me my full name. Mm -hmm. That's what I asked him because the... My, my, full, uh, my full name is different, you could say. And I could catch anyone that is trying to pull a scam on me. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, okay, so give me the full name, my email, and my mailing address to which you sent these notifications to. Mm-hmm. And they were like, ma'am, I'm not going to argue with you on this. They were getting aggressive. And I was like, well, I need to talk to my person that does my taxes because mm-hmm. if you're saying that I owe money, I need to get in contact with them too. Mm-hmm. They were like, no, no need to call them. You just need to send this money. And I was like, I'm not sending any money. I was like, because I still need to confirm with them. Mm -hmm. Obviously, like we were going back and forth. And then he goes, I'm going to call. I'm going to transfer you to my supervisor and he's going to be able to give you more information. So then I hung up Mm -hmm. because I freaked out. Mm -hmm. And I was like, "Okay, obviously, I'm not sending any money because it's not like they're knocking on my door. And so I Googled. I was like, IRS calling me saying that I owe them taxes. Yeah. And then I found several threads where it said that it's a scam. 
and kind of like it followed the same flow like the 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 articles that I found basically kind of like they said the same thing that they told me they were very aggressive saying that I had like a limited number of hours to pay this money and I was like okay this is all fake and shit. So then I called um, H&R Block as well. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to confirm with them. And then said, they said everything was fine. If the IRS was coming for me about some money that I owe them, they would definitely send a letter and not call me or email me. Because it's a serious matter. They would have served you too. Yeah. So then I was like, okay, phew. I got rid of that one. Mm-hmm. A few months later, I don't know why I keep being targets of these people. Okay, the next one. <laughs> So then, again, I was at work. <laughs> this is where they always call me. Oh, my goodness. So, again, they you call me at work. Job and just be a full-time <laughs> podcaster. Support us on Patreon when we launch it. It's my little plug. So then uh, they call me, and they tell me that they're calling because someone filed a complaint against me. <gasps> yeah. And then at that moment, I really, really got scared, even more than with the IRS, because I was like, this is like some legal shit, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. I could go to jail if it's true or whatever. You never know. Mm -hmm. So I got really scared. And at that moment, I was just like, I kind of felt like this. Like, the air was, like, just leaving my lungs. And I was like, okay, what complaint is this about? And then they were like, no, someone filed a complaint against you. And you need to pay the fine, da-da-da. And I was like, wait, no. If someone filed a complaint against me, Mm -hmm. I think I could get in contact with my local precinct or at least talk to my lawyer because then I need to talk with this person that put the complaint against me. Mm -hmm. And they were like, no need to talk to your lawyer. And I was like, why are they being so aggressive? So then he's like, you know what? I'm going to transfer you to my supervisor. And then I heard him push some buttons, heard, I heard him talk to some other guy, and he was like, she's on the phone, she's on the phone. And then I was like, what the hell? So then this so-called supervisor mm-hmm. goes, oh, yeah, we're calling because someone put a, a report against you, and you need to pay the fine, and we're going to give you all the details where you need to send this money. Mm-mm. And I was like, wait, Mm-mm. I'm not sending you any money. I'm going to put you in contact with my lawyer, and you, like, take care of the rest because I, I'm, I don't know what this complaint is about. First of all, you haven't even told me. And then they hung up on me. Mm. Yep. Can you believe that? And he was being, like, so rude and aggressive, like, no, no need to talk to your lawyer. I'm like, sir, you're telling me that someone filed a claim against me. I'm wondering if it's the same guy. Well, it sounded like the same one. <laughs> oh they're, they're probably, like, working in, under the same building or whatever. <laughs> so that was the, the second one. Same scam care yeah, corporation. Yeah, basically, exactly. <laughs> okay, so then the last one, this was actually last week. What? Yep, last week. Well, this is new to me. <laughs> I forgot to tell you. I told Peggy about it. Oh, yeah, she forgot to tell me. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's just really nice and juicy to break news <laughs> right on the podcast. I know your game. Okay, so then this one, apparently, I had an outstanding student loan. You know that's a scam. I know, and I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? Like, okay, FYI, guys, I paid college tuition out of pocket. And so that's why I was like, scam. Mm -hmm. And then I was, and then so I let the guy talk, right? I was like, let me just entertain myself with this. Mm -hmm. So he goes, oh, we're calling because you have outstanding student loans and you need to pay by February something, da, da, da. And I was like, oh, so what college is this for? They're like, we don't have that information. We just know that you have outstanding student loans. And I was like, well, how much is it? 
they're like, oh, well, we're going to send you an email with all that information. I was like, that is so weird because I paid uh, college out of pocket. So I don't know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And then they were like, well, your name is here. And I was like, what is the full name? Mm -hmm. And then they hung up on me. <laughs> yeah. And then actually I just remembered. Mm -hmm. um, back to the call about someone filing a complaint against mm -hmm. me. They called me again recently. I mm -hmm. forgot when this was. So of course I already knew. And then I was like, huh, that's so weird that someone filed a complaint against me. I was like, because you called me last year saying the same thing. Mm -hmm. And then they were like, well, we have this complaint against you. I was like, really? Because last time that you called me, I checked with my precinct and there was no claim against me. I was like, maybe I should file a claim against you. <gasps> and then I hung up and blocked them. Yep. You do not play with my fucking money and try to scam me for it. No. Because I will give you a reason to be scared of the Bronx because I will go after you. <laughs> after we started this podcast so we can be more welcoming, this is what you do. You well, unravel us in five episodes. Don't come after my money. That is all I have to say because scammers, no, no, no. You are not welcome in the Bronx. No. So it's from the Bronx with love, but also a little... A little... Danger. Yes, if you come after me. Yeah. <laughs> so these stories, I share them with you because I think they're pretty common nowadays, and especially the one about owing money to the IRS, because obviously it's tax season. Yeah. So I'm just sharing with you these stories because, you know, just like a heads up, beware that these scams are out there. Yeah. And never, never send money to someone for no reason. Like, especially if they're getting so aggressive with you on the phone and it's a number that you don't recognize. And obviously, every single time I ended the call with these people, I blocked the number. But somehow, they keep on calling me. Yeah. So it's just like they just come up with new numbers every single day. Mm -hmm. So it was just... At these last two times that they called me, it was just funny because I was like, sure, a complaint in my name. Okay, I heard that one. And then I don't have any student loans, so what the hell are you talking about? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you got to stay woke out there. It's yep. just, it is heartbreaking, though, that they are able to, because when you're older, you get more scared. I know. So, like, they really target the elderly. They do. And, yeah. like, I think the IRS one would have easily like, yeah. take in someone's yeah, like, and, life yeah. savings or retirement. Right? Oh my God, no. Poor viejitos. Yeah, I love my older people. Exactly. No, you don't mess with them. So especially if they don't speak English all that right? well and they just hear taxes. Um, and then, yeah, that you have 72 hours to pay. Da, yeah. Da, da, yeah. They could easily get scared. And this reminds me of another story. Ooh, on me. <laughs> this didn't happen to me, but it did happen to someone in my family. And it was actually in Mexico, mm -hmm. which I believe this, this was a very common like scam mm -hmm. in Mexico. So it happened with... Okay, so a little background information. My cousins mm -hmm. in Mexico really don't go clubbing mm -hmm. like I used to do mm -hmm. here in New York. Used to. Okay. Used to. No, I don't go to clubs as much. You mm -hmm. know that. <laughs> no, I don't know that. <laughs> anyway. So yesterday I saw yeah. some salsa snaps. Oh, but I wasn't in the club. I was at home. Okay. <laughs> we'll talk about this in a bonus episode. <laughs> so the one time my cousins decide to go to the club. Mm -hmm. They go to this club, which is obviously probably like 30, 40 minutes away from where my, my aunt lives. So they go to the club, 
And then my aunt gets a phone call saying that they have her daughter kidnapped and oh. they need X amount of money. Girl, this is this is like Haiti's bread and butter. They uh, yeah. do this in Haiti all the time. Oh my God. I thought it was only in Mexico. No. But, uh, okay. So then my aunt panics, obviously, and she's like, no, 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 let me see what I can do. Don't do anything to her. So then she calls my uncle, and he goes, I need this amount of money because they told me that they have my daughter kidnapped, da-da-da. My uncle obviously runs over to her house, and he's like, okay, don't worry. We're going to get this you know, figured out. Call her first to confirm that you know, it's mm-hmm. true. Turns out that they call her and she had either her phone had no signal in the club where they were Mm -hmm. or I forgot what happened, but they couldn't get in contact with her. Oh, that's scary. So obviously, yes, that raises, you know, like your panic. And then they were like, well, no, we can't just send them this money because we're still not 100 percent sure that they did kidnap her. Obviously, the curfew that they had was not like, okay, come home at four in the morning or whenever. Mm-hmm. They apparently had like a 2 a.m. curfew. Mm-hmm. And then because they're not really used to clubs, I guess they didn't like the vibe or anything. And they ended up going back home earlier than expected. Mm-hmm. So when they arrived to my aunt's house, they, they saw her like all panicked. And then she was like, oh, my God, you came back. Thank God they like, let you go. Da, da, da. She's like, what are you talking about? Like, I was in the club. <laughs> And then she told them the whole story. But yeah, she could have easily gotten scammed right there. Mm -hmm. Luckily, she called my uncle and they both were like, okay, no, we can't send this money right away because Mm -hmm. we're not even sure it's her because you didn't even talk to her. Right. So another scam out there for these thieves to try to get your hard-earned money. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. I think I've only fallen victim. Actually, not fallen victim, but... I got, like, you know those check scams when they're like, here's $2,500, go deposit it at Western Union. What? No, I've never heard of that one. It's essentially a bounced check that they try to make you um, deposit. So deposit a fraudulent check and try to, like, withdraw from the bank, like, take from the bank with oh. no money on the check and then like you end up getting in like a huge amount of trouble because like that's I think it's a misdemeanor um yeah Whoa. I got like a really big like envelope um delivered by UPS like very no way legitimate and it was like a five thousand dollar check and they're like deposit this and only take 800 for yourself okay. we just like need you to help us I'm like this is so stupid like I don't know you from, I don't, this yeah. name is unrecognizable. Right. I don't know you. Like, even if my mom gave me this check just randomly, I'd be like, I would, I, like, I would have to verify with her. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, th- what makes you think as a stranger from sending a stranger, me yeah. a check for $5,000 would, you know, and it was, like, sent on a stationary, it was sent on, like, just a basic paper, no stationery, right. okay. no any, like, insignia to be, like, this is from a company, right. this is from a bank, this is from, like promotion and i just looked at it and i I did not oh no i didn't check i didn't cash the check i didn't even do anything right yeah ripped up garbage yeah 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 that's like that was a pretty big one in new jersey there was like a ring of people doing that in new jersey yeah i had never heard of that one yeah it's stupid (laughs) (laughs) yeah like all these people are trying to call and get your money. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. And then sometimes when I, like, clean out my spam folder, and I only do that when I'm procrastinating, 
Um, <laughs> so I'm just like, let me see what's in spam. And I'll see like a ton of emails where like it's people who are like, you know, you have a family member who's died and left you a large sum of money. And I was like, those are jokes because we would actually know that. Yeah, of course. You would have attended some kind a of funeral. like funeral. We all know, we don't all know whose net worth is, but like we are, <laughs> <laughs> we know. <laughs> We would know if there was a millionaire in the family. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. Um, uh, and yeah. it would be like places like where we have no foothold, you know? Right. Like there's, it would just like, so like I know in terms of migration, like my family mostly were based in Haiti, um, moved out of Haiti. But now that we live in, we live in Canada, um, the United States, um, my dad has a couple of family members in Venezuela and France. Those okay. are our bases. So, like, for you to send me something from Tanzania saying, like, someone died, oh, okay. I'm like, that makes no sense. Right. You you know where your family yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. So um, stupid. Yeah. So just FYI, people. Mm-hmm. Keep an eye out. Yep. Especially around tax, tax season. season. Yeah. And another thing that I do, like you said, I also clean out my spam, but... I won't open anything, but I'll click on it and I just block it. So mm. if they ever try to send me an email from that same address, mm-hmm. it's just blocked already. Mm-hmm. You guys know how much I love the block button. Yeah, we're starting to learn. <laughs> and then... Be nice to Karen on Twitter because it's going to be block, 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 block. And then when, you know, credit cards send me like, oh, you've been approved for like X amount. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I don't do that. I don't do that either. But what I do is I tear up everything. And then before I throw it in like one actual trash bag, I throw like half of it in my room, half of it in the kitchen, Mm -hmm. just so that my info is scattered and no one like decides to like just put it together like a puzzle. Because you never know. These thieves out there could probably take the time. To put that information together. Mm-hmm. So that's what I do. So that the all my only info. person accessing our information is the NSA <laughs> in 2018. <laughs> Nobody else. Right? No one else. So that was my story time. Nice. But go listen to the girls from A Little Mask because they provide more details mm-hmm. on how to like, you know, stay safe from this and report it and all that. Yeah, no, that's good that um, you shared that because we all know who to come to when we hear IRS. <laughs> We'll be like, we'll put you in touch with our lawyer, and our lawyer will just be you. <laughs> and then you can yell I'll be at so them. aggressive. Yeah. yeah. But just be careful, people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so interesting. Oh, and remember, now it makes me remember mm-hmm. that in, um, in uh, what's the show called? Blackish? Yeah. There's an episode. When Ruby. When, when Ruby pretends that she's yes. like losing her marbles. Yeah. But she she's just like playing it because she wants a new car or something like that. Oh. At the end, she gets a new car. Oh, spoiler. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> but kind of like how the episode starts is because someone calls her and says that um, they she tell her that Junior is kidnapped. Right. Yeah. And then right. she's like, okay. Oh, yeah. And then she tells Dre that... She she took care of it. She gave them like her bank account number, da da da, and social security. Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. yeah. So they cover that too, because obviously, like you said, elderly and our parents as well could be easy targets of that. For sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's like when you look back at it, it's like funny, but like in the moment, in the moment, it 
it's it scary. freaks you out. Yeah. yeah, it's scary. It's just like so scary how people like can get your information. Yeah, even though I'm like out here on Twitter talking about like my <laughs> PMS cycles, so I'm like very open. But like I'm not open enough for you to know my social security, right? Like that. Yeah, it's just scary. Yeah. So I also told my parents as well. So that they could be aware if these people try to call them, be like, mm-hmm. nope, adios, mm-hmm. and hang up. Yeah, because, you know, they could get scared or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Story time. That was my story time. I think it took longer than I was supposed <laughs> to, but I really needed to get this We're gonna out to We're going to cut it all out then. <laughs> I'm going to edit this whole thing out. <laughs> and speaking of parents, this mm-hmm. is a perfect way to our <laughs> next segment. Yeah. So, I think this is one of the reasons why we're so close, because yeah. I remember oh, Karen and I go back, like, three years now, I guess. Three Probably or four years. Probably, like, three or four. Four, I think. Four years. Yeah. yeah. Um, it is four, yes. 2014. Um, and we were working at a small space, and we didn't talk that much unless, like, you know, I needed something for a graphic design or whatnot. But I think when we did start talking and I um, was still living at home with my parents and I was just saying like, oh, you know, I can't really go out because I'm like home with my parents. I'm like, I don't even have a curfew. I just don't go out. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then you're like, oh my goodness, wait, your parents kind of sound like my parents. (laughs) And I'm like, what? We bonded over this. Yeah. What was the thing that we bought? Oh, it was um, sleepovers. Sleepovers. I clearly remember that. Mm-hmm. It yeah. was like the moment when we both realized like sleepovers was not a thing. And I think for a lot of like first generation American millennials who are listening to us, who have parents from all all different parts of the world, who are very like very old school, essentially. Yeah. Like, that's a thing. Like, you did not, you did not go sleep. That's such an American It is, thing. yeah. Like, my parents were always like, why do you need to go sleep at someone else's yeah, house? Yeah, it was like, you don't have a bed here. <laughs> it's always like, we don't feed you. Like, we don't put a roof over your head. Like, why do you need to go to someone else's house? I couldn't sleep over, like, family's house. Like, well, we didn't have that much close family here, mm-hmm. but I think like my mom wouldn't even let me sleep over yeah. if we did have ha- family here. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, so that's how we like bonded yeah, I and we realized that. our parents are a little, you know, our parents. <laughs> and um, so the sleepovers, but then we also talked about like leaving or you're like, Asserting your independence. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, We did. Which is kind of what I had to do. (laughs) (laughs) When you moved? Oh, I remember the whole thing. Oh, when I moved out, man. I So I am friends with another girl, and she is from, like, a Seventh Adventist, like, church, family, household, very, very strict, religious, um, Haitian American as well. And I remember speaking to her, and she was like, oh, my God, you moved out? I was like, yeah. She's like, you know what? You always got to do the most with Haitian parents. Like, it's always, like, you can't, like, you can't just, like, logically sit down and be like, okay, I'm going to do this thing. You, like, kind of have to be extra (laughs) because they're extra. You got to, like, counteract their extraness. Yes. So that's why I was like, oh, my God. I didn't, like, think of it like that, but that's what happened. Like, I did not... 
I didn't ask my mom to move out. I just told her like a month in advance that I'm leaving. And yeah. I signed the lease and it was like a whole thing, like three weeks, no talking to me. It yeah. was a big thing. Um so yeah, like at the moment yeah. at the moment I like counteracted <laughs> the extra. And and like you said, you dropped the news just kind of like when everything was done. Yes. And you were just like I'm leaving because I already signed this lease. Right. Which is also how I drop news to my parents. Uh And it's like, I'm going here because I already paid the money to be there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, yeah, the very first time that I did that, I was just like, oh, my God, what if they don't let me go? What am I going to do? And and mind you, I was probably like the first trip that I ever planned on my own and with friends. I was probably like 26. 27 wow yes no 27 year old should be going through this wait I'm saying wow like I'm not 26 and going off to LA (laughs) on my first vacation oh there you go there's your first vacation (laughs) I'm so silly anyways keep going so yeah and this was just a few days this was not even a week it was just kind of like a long weekend Mm -hmm. and my friends and I we got a did you hear the sirens yeah okay that's the Bronx for you people (laughs) (laughs) Love it or leave it. (laughs) Okay, so, uh, yeah, it was just a long weekend. We rented a cabin in Poconos, and obviously I was excited about it. I was going to be away from home. That was, like, my first excitement. And then I I gave my friends kind of, like, the the, my part, and I broke the news to my parents the week of. So I just told them, I was like, oh, you know what? Like, you know, my friends were planning this trip, but someone dropped out and then they just asked me if I wanted the ticket. So I said yes, because I felt bad leaving Mm -hmm. them with like all this extra money that they weren't planning, you know, on like all chipping in for a little bit more. Mm -hmm. So I was like, so I just took it. Mm -hmm. I was like, but it's only going to be three days. Mm -hmm. And then my mom was like, oh, okay. And that was it. She didn't even say, she didn't even ask me like where or who mm-hmm. or what time or, no. She was just like, oh, okay. I have a question. Do you like find yourself um, like having to like over explain with your parents when it comes to things like this? No, I, I haven't. Okay. Yeah. Because I feel like um, when I like moved out, I like had to lay down a whole entire plan. Like I you know, storyboarded the whole thing. <laughs> oh, because no. I was like, okay, like, I need... Because their main worry is that we're going to die. Oh, yeah. I have a story about that. <laughs> That's, like, our their main worry is that mm-hmm. we're going to die. Yeah. And um, so with my mom, I was like, okay, so I'm going to tell her I signed the lease that I have, like, this amount of, like, money saved up. This is how much I'm making at work. This is, like, when I'm going to get my paychecks. This is why I'm leaving. This is why the the economics works out better for me. <laughs> like, literally all of those Dude, things. Dude, it's like you were presenting to some CEO or something. I, I literally had to pitch my independence to my parents. <laughs> These are... People, these are Haitian <laughs> people, the first black republic. Yeah. These are descendants of people who fought for their independence. <laughs> they, Meanwhile, they know very well <laughs> what it means for like to have liberty. Right. The like revolution is in their blood. <laughs> Yeah, like you said, meanwhile, I'm like, I have to like kind of be a little careful and just like, 
here is what's going on. I promise I won't die. Mm-hmm. I promise to call you. Yeah. And that's the same thing with my parents. I mm-hmm. I haven't moved out, as you know. Mm-hmm. Like, at this moment, even if they wanted me to move out, it's like, no, well, now you're stuck with me because <laughs> I don't want to move out now, you know? Karen's here out of spite now. Yeah, I am. <laughs> but I do remember that back when I was in college... I don't know how this conversation came up and I just told my dad, I was like, yeah, you know, after I graduate college, I would kind of like just get an apartment with like my closest friends and then, you know, just, just live with them. And then what my dad did, not only did he guilt me mm. for even thinking about that because mm. I was, it's not like I had signed the lease. Mm. Okay. So he guilted me and then he, he basically drew out for me how he thought my life was going to end. Ooh, let's hear it. Okay, so he claimed that because I love to party so much, mm-hmm. I was going to be, and since they, they weren't going to be watching me, mm-hmm. I was going to be in clubs, drinking all the time, mm-hmm. that I was going to be so hungover the next day that I wouldn't even show up to work. Mm-hmm. They would fire me from my job. Then I would run out of my savings. I wouldn't have money for the rent or for food. And then my roommates would kick me out. Basically, I was going to end up homeless. <laughs> Yeah, that's my dad. I know. I was like, really? Do you think that would happen? And then the guilt part was, well, oh, because we have a big apartment. Mm -hmm. And then he was like, well, then what am I gonna do with the rest of the rent? How am I gonna pay it? Da da da. Mm -hmm. If you knew all along that you wanted to move out, why did we even move to this big apartment? I was like, you moved to this apartment where I was probably like 15 or 14. How in the hell? Exactly. Yeah. Like since I was 15, I mean, yeah, I do want to move out or whatever Mm -hmm. back then because I was very rebellious. Mm -hmm. But even then, I didn't even have a freaking job or a freaking plan of how I was going to do it. Mm -hmm. So he kind of guilted me there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Immigrant parents, like that's their weapon of choice. (laughs) It's I think guilt. that's a lot of parents' weapon of choice. Yeah. Yeah. And But, like, I don't know. I feel like my parents, they take it to the next. It's so, they're so dramatic. Like, your dad, they're very dramatic. Yeah. It's always, like, do or die. You know what I mean? Like, oh my, my mom God. thinks I, like, she, my mom is very afraid of New York City. Cause <laughs> like, okay. Does she the, watch the news too much? She does. Ah, there, go, there it goes. She watches the news too much. I remember... Um, I was in, I wasn't even in the city when September 11 happened. The September 11 attacks oh, right. happened. Yeah. Um, we were right across the bridge in Tappan Zee Bridge. Um, and I remember the like television being on the CNN. I remember so clearly cause it was like on for three days. Just like yeah, it was. going on and on nonstop, and on. Non-stop. Like every channel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I remember my mom watching this. And I think she has this in her mind still that, like, that's going to happen in New York City. And, like, that is not the most irrational thing because, like, that's, like, something we expect now post Mm 9-11. But, like, my mom thinks that, you know, like, hijacking planes are going to, like, come into Riverdale and, like... Bomb my right. apartment. I get what you're saying. You know, yeah. It's just like it's not like you're living right next to like the World Trade, Trade Center. Center, right? Mm-hmm. Right. But she's just like something's gonna happen. You're gonna die. You don't like don't leave your house. Oh. And I'm like, people die anywhere. Like if it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen. Yeah. Like cuando te toca. There's a saying in Spanish. Say it. 
There's like, cuando, cuando te toca ni porque te quites y cuando, oh, I can't remember it now. I think it's like, but like what you it's, can't control. No, don't. it's kind of like when, when it's your turn, it will happen even if you move. And when it's okay. not, even if you get in the way of it, it's, it's gonna, yeah, it's yeah. not going to happen because yeah. it's not your time to go, basically. Yeah. 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 These are things, though, I, I agree with that. Like, if anyone knows me, knows me really well, I hate, like, I hate that fucking saying. Everything happens for a reason. I know. You hate it. I hate it because it's, like, so Shit, passive. That's my favorite. <laughs> it's, like, so passive. It's, like, no, sometimes you get off your ass and you make things happen. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> not like everything happens for a reason. Right. But I think in the larger scheme of things, yes, like, mm-hmm. things happen like as they should be happening right, exactly. you know like like things that are out of your control mm-hmm. essentially um and i think that's what that was my that is my philosophy not even was it is my philosophy so i was never caught up in this like scare right. or like this fear mongering that yeah. she kept doing and she <laughs> failed that propaganda <laughs> um but yeah that's like my mom's fears that i'm like always oh, going to die and i'm just like uh-huh. oh my god but yeah they're so dramatic like yeah now I remembered another story yes. about dramatic parents. Yeah. So you guys, uh, for the listeners out there, <laughs> I love tattoos. Okay? Oh, my God. <laughs> I remember this story. <laughs> so I have, currently I have two. My parents only know of one. Mm-hmm. So How the f- are you alive? <laughs> <laughs> they haven't killed me yet. Yeah. Oh. God, if I only told you about all my rebellious stories. But anyway, I will slowly reveal them in this podcast. Mm-hmm. So when I got my first one, it was probably like a month after I turned 21. Mm-hmm. And it took them about probably two years for them to notice it. Okay? Mm-hmm. And it was so stupid how it happened because I was sleeping in the living room. Mm-hmm. I fell asleep watching TV like I always do. Mm-hmm. And somehow my PJs, like my shirt just went up. I wasn't covered by the blanket. Mm -hmm. My dad walked out of his room to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night Mm -hmm. and saw my tattoo kind of like on my lower abdomen. Mm -hmm. So obviously he didn't say anything or didn't wake me up. And then later when I woke up, Mm -hmm. I heard them talking in the morning in the kitchen. They were like, but when did she get it? Did you even notice it? Da da da. Mm -hmm. I wonder how much money she spent. Like, how could she have done that? I fucking hate when your parents are gossiping about you. Yes, and then I just, like, finally came to, like, a full awakening, and I was like, shit. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even want to open my eyes now. Like, can I just pretend to be sleeping for the rest of the day? Yeah. Yeah. And then, finally, obviously, I had to get up. They gave me this whole chat about why did I get it. Oh, and back then, I loved watching L.A. Inc. Mm Mm-hmm. And I dated, my boyfriend at that time also had tattoos. Mm-hmm. So in their head, they were thinking that I was peer pressured onto oh, getting oh, tattoos. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And, and that because. do the same thing. And that because I watched this show, that I was influenced by it. Then, uh, what else? They were saying that instead of spending so much money on this tattoo, I should have just given them that money for bills, even though I didn't even pay that much because I went with someone that I knew. Mm -hmm. And then my mom was even crying. Mm -hmm. I was like, why are you crying? I'm not dying. I'm not going to jail. Like, Your mom's religious, though. And like, once you mark the body. Yeah, I don't know what her crying was for. But I was like, really? I got a tattoo. 
I'm not going to jail or die. Oh, my so, goodness. Yeah. And then she didn't talk to me for, like, probably, like, three days. Yeah. They they went all dramatic about it. Wow. Yeah, when I yeah. moved out, my mom did not. My mom cried for three days. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. When I told her I moved out, not even when I moved out, when I told her, I just dropped the news right. after I gave her my whole pitch, like she was on Shark Tank. <laughs> she cried. <laughs> Um, going back to the friends and influence, oh my goodness, I cannot tell you how many times my parents will talk about, like, maybe a cousin or, like, a friend that they know who's, like, kids are doing bad stuff in the streets. Right. Because of their friends. And it's just, like, my parents are always like, this is why you don't make friends. I'm like, yes. The same thing. Like, you want me to be, like, this little weird, like, shut-in that, like, (laughs) like lives with you until I'm 50 and then watches you die. Like, what do you mean? This is why you don't have friends. Thank God for the internet. (laughs) That's how they are too. And then my dad will watch and somehow every time he watches the news, there's some story about a girl who walked out of the bar and goes missing and goes missing. Mm -hmm. And he's like, this is why parents should never let their girls go out to college like that Mm -hmm. because then look at them, look what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And then they, they go here and now look at that. She went off with a man that she didn't even know. Mm -hmm. And now it's killed. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Um, are you trying to say that I'm going to do that? I remember there was this, um, there was this one news story about like, dating um and like i don't know it was just like dating um but she was like in a bad situation okay and my mom is like this is why you don't date um i don't even know if they understand like that's how you get the that's husband how you, that you exactly. want exactly that's what i was gonna say your mom wants grandchildren then how are you supposed to conceive these babies through Virgin, the Holy Spirit. Yeah, Virgin Mary. Like I said earlier, well, this is before I, we turned on the microphone, but I told Karen, um, I'm Guadalupe. <laughs> Only so, because I've just been craving a lot of burgers, so I think I'm pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> so then it's like, how, how do you expect us to, to get married if we're not even going to be allowed to date or whatever? <laughs> yeah. And they're like... They're so weird about it, too, because they're, like, definitely the parents that should be arranging our marriages, yes. but they don't do that. So then I don't know what, why what, are they talking. Exactly. Like, if you're going to leave the responsibility in my hands and let me do my job. <laughs> and my job includes going out on dates, getting free dinners, yes. making out, mm-hmm. and, you know, having some fun. Exactly. And I, I, I mean, it makes me wonder, how do they meet? Well, I mean, I do know the story of how my I parents I know how met. they met, too, Yeah. That'll be uh, another podcast. That's another podcast. Yeah. This is just about our extra <laughs> parents. Yeah. So I feel like this is not just like something that's exclusive to us, to the both of us. I feel no. like there's like just a generation. But there is. Of yeah. us. We should start like a there. club about it. Yeah. I'm saying we need a support group because there's <laughs> like, we laugh about it, but there's like some trauma there. Yes. And um, going back to like planning your trip. As you know, as we said earlier, I'm going to L.A. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's a huge, like, that's a huge milestone for me. Yeah. Um, it's huge because I am not only, like, a child of immigrants, and we've just been talking about, like, how our parents just 
operate with us, but I'm also like an only child and I'm a girl and I'm from like a patriarchal, like you think America is very patriarchal. You don't know the machismo in Latin America. Yeah. So it's like women are, you know, you stay home. You're, you're essentially like a little nun. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? A little nun who cooks and cleans. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm the opposite of that. <laughs> I'm far from that. Yeah. Sorry, mommy. (laughs) (laughs) We're very far from that, but um, there's still, like, a lot of pressures that, even though we've we've made strides, you and I have made strides as, like, strong women, independent, independent. and we very much value independence and education and knowledge and financial security, we still, as daughters, have so much to live (sighs) up to, which is, like, it's, like, it's crazy. exhausting. It's exhausting. <laughs> um, so, like, with L.A., it's like, you don't travel without a man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Also, I have very bad travel anxiety because of my parents. Oh, really? Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a side effect of having, you know, really strict oh. parents who don't let you out. See, your situation is a little different because... You, one, grew up in the city, so Mm -hmm. you had to take public transportation. um, And, like, you kind of rebelled way early. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. Yeah. Where I feel like I'm going through a quiet rebellion. (laughs) I didn't get... Yeah, yours is way different from mine. Yeah, I didn't get my, like... Okay, so I didn't get my license until I was 22. Mind you, I'm from Rockland County, a suburb. So did your parents... parents dro- they drove me everywhere up until I like had to put my foot down and be like, I'm getting a license. Oh, no. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, I did not. Fudge. Yeah, I did not start driving until I was 22. Um, I ne- I, we never took the public transportation, um, even in Rockland. And like when I was in New York, I was always so, like, nervous if I, like, made one wrong turn. Oh, I was okay, always, okay. Because I was just, like, you know, they're, like, don't go here, don't go there, don't go there. And, like, it's a weird, like, it's a weird battle that mm-hmm. you go through or at least someone like me goes through because I very much want to assert my independence. And, like, yeah. I want to do this and I want to break out of it. But then when I'm in the moment, I'm very scared. Oh, and you see, I was the opposite because my parents were always like, don't do this, don't go mm-hmm. there. And I was like, well, you keep on telling me I'm going to do it. I know. I I haven't been like, oh, don't, if you keep telling me to stop, I'm going to do it. Oh. I've always been like, I know you're, I know, like, I've always been someone who's like, I know where this is coming from. Okay. And that has nothing to do with me. Like, I always knew that they didn't, it wasn't that they didn't trust me, it was that they didn't trust the world with oh, me. Oh, okay. So I've always seen it from that perspective, but I'm, oh. but I'm always mm-hmm. like, I'm going to do it anyways, because that's for my growth. Oh, you see, I never saw it. Now that you explain it like that, mm-hmm. I, I can understand where mm-hmm. they're coming from, because for me, it was always like, you don't trust me. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the issue that I always had. That's how I was in high school. I was like that. I'm like, why don't you trust me? Why don't you trust me? But then when I graduated, because I did go to, I did go away to yeah, college. Yeah, you did. Oh, that's another thing. My dad was mm-hmm. against, like just in general, my parents were against that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I did go away to college okay. and I had that experience and I knew like it was just like everything my mom framed it around was just like 
death in New York City, essentially. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I don't think it's like me that they don't trust. It's like they, they just don't want me to right. die. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I started feeling like realizing that, I was like, okay, I know how you're feeling, but I also kind of don't care <laughs> <laughs> because I want to do it. Yeah, so, because you have to. Leave, yeah, you have to have these experiences. Yeah. I have to leave the nest. And I'm also someone who I don't like a lot of, like, like my parents are helicopter parents, essentially. So they hover and I don't like that. I don't arrive under that at all. Um, So I always have craved my space. So even if they were like, don't go here, don't do this. I was like, I want space. Mm. So I'll be with my parents for a little bit. Right. Like two days tops at this point. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and then just, like, need to, like, branch out. Yeah. And, yeah. But I think that's why it's difficult for them. Because if you think about it, back in our, like, home countries, mm-hmm. even if there was... Obviously, I mean, like, both of my parents come from big families, right? Yeah. But whenever they would all get married, it was like they would get a piece of land that is just in, like, walking distance mm-hmm. from your parents' home. So every, the family was always together. Yep. It's never like, oh, I'm going to get married and now I'm going to leave the Bronx and move to Queens mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, or, like, move to a different state. Or, yeah. So they're not used to that. And then they expect us to follow that same pattern Absolutely. here. Absolutely. And then it's like, that's not going to happen. Like, do you think that if I get married, I'm going to bring my husband here? Like, we're going to want our own space and we're going to want to do our own things. So, and I told my dad this the other day. I was like, if you're, because they are planning on retiring soon and that Mm -hmm. means going back to Mexico. Mm -hmm. And he keeps on saying that if he leaves, I am just going to turn into this like reckless little monster like a party monster, basically. Oh, my goodness. And he claims that he always need, like, I always need to be under his watch so that that never happens. And then I told him, and then, because I also got the hint that he was kind of trying to say, like, you need to be taken care of by someone. Yes. Yes. All that's right? a narrative yeah. my mom So says. then I'm like, no, like, I'm independent. Mm-hmm. I will hustle. If I need to grab an extra job to, to pay rent, mm-hmm. I will do it. Mm-hmm. So I told him. I was like, you know what? If you're waiting for me to get married for you to retire, I'm letting you know right now that you're probably going to retire until you're 70 Mm -hmm. because I do not have plans of getting married Mm -hmm. and I can take care of myself. Mm -hmm. So I don't need a man to freaking like keep me safe because I can do that. That's my mom. Yeah. Our parents should be best friends. (sighs) They're just going to exchange Probably stories of how bad we are. (laughs) And tips. (laughs) And tips, exactly. (laughs) Um, Yeah, my mom is always like, uh, yeah, I have to be under her watch. Make sure that she's doing her duty Mm -hmm. as a mom. That's what she says. It's her job to make sure that I'm protected. And to a point, I'm like, I I appreciate that. Because, you know, there are people out there who have, like, terrible, abusive, and neglectful parents. Mm -hmm. So that I'm very appreciative of. But, like, at the same time, like, don't choke, don't suffocate me. Yeah. You know and, what I and mean? Yeah, I, I get the same sense with, with my mom mostly mm-hmm. because I feel like she always feels like she has to do things for us because mm-hmm. that's her job as a mom. Mm-hmm. And in my head, and I've told her this not directly because I, I don't want her to, like, start crying or something. <laughs> yeah. But I've told her, I'm like, you know, you did your job. Mm-hmm. I'm almost, like, this year I turned 30. Mm-hmm. My brother is, what, 26? Mm-hmm. And it's like, 
you did your job of raising us. Mm -hmm. So we have hands that work mm -hmm. and everything. So we can do these things our own. Mm -hmm. When it's your day off, just like nap all day if you want. I honestly like, yeah. be, like I'm, to be honest, I'm very lazy and I, I really don't like cooking. Mm -hmm. So if it was up to me, I would eat cereal all the time mm -hmm. or go out and buy food. Mm -hmm. But I've told her, I was like, don't feel bad if like, you decide to nap the whole day uh, when you're off mm -hmm. and all I do is eat cereal because that's my choice. Mm -hmm. That has nothing to do with you because you already did your job of raising me. Yeah. So just enjoy your time now. Like you don't have any other babies. So right. just do whatever. Go to church, nap, <laughs> yeah. watch Jesus videos on oh YouTube. My, God, that's what my mom does too. <laughs> but she doesn't. And like sometimes... You know how lately we've been going early for work? Yes. Okay. Well, sometimes I don't even tell her mm -hmm. because if I do, she will wake up at the same time too. I do. And make sure I'm awake. We'll make breakfast. We'll make breakfast. And it's like, I appreciate it. Yes. But you have a more like uh, difficult job than I do. Yes. So just get your rest. That's exactly what I like. Yeah. My mom works in the medical field. She's actually saving lives. <laughs> I'm at a computer for eight <laughs> right, hours. Right, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, so when I say I'm tired, it's like nonsense tired. It, it is, yeah. When she's tired, I want to make sure that she's getting the rest that mm -hmm. she... She's not getting younger. Exactly. That's the point, too. Like, they're way older than us, and what we feel as tired right now, we can easily, like, just, like, you we know... We can recharge. We, we can recharge fast, but they don't have that energy right. anymore. Right, So that's why lately when, when I had to go into work early, like, I would just get up. And I always get up on my own. Like, first of all, I don't need her to wake me up. Ever since I was in high school, mm -hmm. I was very independent mm -hmm. with that. But she hears me go into the bathroom or, like, do something around the kitchen, and she is up. So now lately, like, I've managed to, like, just do everything very silently, and I leave, and she's sleeping. I'm like, good. Good. Get your rest. Yes. Going back to the point where you say um, you did your job, I, that's the one thing that I never did quite understand is that they did their job. And, in, like, I'm wondering, did they not have an end game? Like, what was their, <laughs> like... The point of parenting, I guess, or in my mind, the point of raising someone is to instill values yeah. in them to make sure that they are flourishing and thriving Yes, using your guidance. Mm -hmm. So if you're keeping me in the same state as like if I was 12, I don't understand what your end game is. Yeah. Like, did you not understand <laughs> the job description? <laughs> I, I, I don't think they That's did. the like, one thing I never understood is just like... You should be confident that you taught me well enough Thank to you. live in oh, the world. You just took my words. <laughs> That's exactly what I was about to say. Yeah. Because last year I was actually, I went to Virginia for the 4th of July. I was there probably for like three days. It was also a long weekend trip. Mm -hmm. And I obviously like by this time, they are already used to me going on several like mini trips. Mm hmm so they don't make a big deal about it anymore. Mm -hmm. But my mom did text me when I was there. Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, she wanted me to text her when I got there. Yeah. And just kind of like do a daily report, mm -hmm. you know, like, hey, I'm alive, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then we arrived there, I believe, on a Friday night. 
And then obviously we went to the Airbnb, we took a shower, relaxed, Mm -hmm. we went out in town to grab dinner. Mm -hmm. And she texted me right about like nine when she knew, I guess, like the whole party scene would start. Mm -hmm. And she's like, okay, don't drink too much, be careful, don't talk to strangers, da da da. Mm -hmm. I was like, I know this and I appreciate you reminding me, but Mm -hmm. please be aware that you instilled good values in me. Yeah. And although I love drinking, <laughs> I mm-hmm. you know me, I enjoy a good cocktail. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to be like that, uh, how do, I, would, I wouldn't say stupid, but like, you know, do something stupid and get drunk in somewhere that I don't even know and go off with some stranger. Because I'm with my travel buddy who is Angie. Mm-hmm. So it's like, just know that, like, I have a, como se dice, uh, mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure it out. Like a good, like I can make good decisions. Good judgment. Good judgment. Yes. Mm-hmm. There we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trust that I have good judgment and I'm not going to do this stupid thing just because I'm not under your watch. Yeah. So those are my parents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. We had a lot to say. Yeah. I feel like we unearth a lot. <laughs> It just like kind of started at like, oh yeah, I'm I'm gonna be traveling and like I told my parents and they're like, ah but then we're like, and our parents do this <laughs> and that and like this and then you know what happened to me when I was younger, <laughs> let me tell you. So if you guys find yourself crying or laughing crying to this, we apologize. But just know we're right here with you. We know the pain. Yeah, we do. <laughs> As you clearly can hear. Yeah. Um And then let's see what else about traveling. I mean, also, yeah, the first actually like far away trip that I did was Was when I went to LA. Yes, just like you. Now, the reason why they didn't make such a big deal about this is because I have family in LA, so Mm -hmm. I was going to stay with them. So obviously, like my dad knew that I was going to be under my uncle's watch. Mm -hmm. And then, oh my God, you're going to love this. Mm -hmm. So we were there probably, it was like a week, but we arrived on a Friday night. Mm So basically, we spend there like two two Saturdays, two Sundays, da da da, and guess what my mom said for Sunday? Oh, you need to go to church. Yep, girl, bye. She she doesn't really like talk to my uncles from you know like because my dad's brother is the one that's in L.A. So mm-hmm. she doesn't really talk to my uncles that much. Like, oh hey, like you know, make sure she goes to church. No. She told my dad, like, tell your brother, brother. to take them to church. And Angie was dragged into this. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yes. Oh, Karen. <laughs> so <clears throat> that Saturday night, I believe we did go to the club. Yes, we did. <laughs> but, of course, I'm in L.A. I have to check out the clubs. <laughs> and But we were very aware that in the morning, and I think church was like at nine in the morning mm-hmm. or something, we were aware that we had to wake up early to go to church. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, my uncle, and I, and honestly, like, I think my uncle is not even the person that goes to church every single weekend mm-hmm. because he was like, oh, can we just Skype or something to the church? <laughs> <laughs> that is the first time I've ever heard that, and I think I'm going to use that now. Yep, that's forward. how he was. He's like, can't I just like talk to the priest via Skype? Oh my god! And he can give me the blessing. I'd be like, amazing. if that was an option, I would take it. Yeah. But we all went to church, and it was it was a good experience, obviously, because afterwards, when we got out of church, <clears throat> there was like a whole bunch of food 
puestos, like, you know, all those little food. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. And they were serving, like, tacos and chicharrines, like, you name it. Oh, I would live at that church. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, yeah. So I was like, okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, when there's food, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, so I have no family in Los Angeles, and this is a vacation, and it's listed as a vacation with my workplace, but I had to lie and be like, I'm going for work. <laughs> I book the ticket. Like, you, like they, like, I need to do this for work, um, and I... Did that a little bit knowing that that would be received slightly better because right. I remember when I told my dad that I got a promotion and I have a, like a more mid-manager position, mm-hmm. my dad, not prompted, he was like, well, you need to get your passport because you're going to be traveling. That's what they do to managers. <laughs> so like, I was like, all right, my dad knows what's up. It's my mom <laughs> who is just like, if I go... <clears throat> further than new jersey she's just gonna be like like why i feel like my heart is leaving my body and i'm like she said this to me several times and i'm like i don't i don't understand why when you need to be this dramatic oh wow you're just gonna be like what like five hours away or something yeah like i mean it's an eight hour isn't it a five hour Oh, we we have a layover. The plane. Oh, that's why. Okay. Yeah, so it's gonna oh. take eight hours. Oh, okay. Which is good. So like the day I do travel, like they won't call me or anything. It's just like I'm at work. <laughs> um. Yeah. So it is purely for fun. Right. My trip to L.A. But you, I have to be like yeah. it's for work. Like these are the things that my parents value is like responsibility, education, and work. Yes. So, you know, they're a little manipulative with the guilt. Mm-hmm. I'm a little manipulative, too. I learned from the best. <laughs> so I just got to be like, listen, and you it, value work. Work is telling work me is to do this. I can't say no. I can't say no. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. It's funny that at our age, we still kind of like try to like find all these loopholes in order to get shit I done. Know. I know. I mean, I like moved out because I was like I'm going to grad school you know what I mean I was like I have to leave like it's just gonna be like another like school experience right, yeah like, it, school is the most important thing yeah you know what I mean if I was just like moving out randomly that would have definitely been more of a protest oh. and I think it would have been followed by are you moving in with a boy do you have a husband that we don't know about <laughs> where are you gonna be living don't you live with a boy <laughs> All that good stuff. It's so different because, side note, mm-hmm. you know, I've been obsessing with uh, the, yeah, the Housewives of Beverly Hills. Yes. And there's this one episode where Kim is telling her friends that, you know, her daughter is going to move in with her boyfriend mm-hmm. and that she's going to help them move. Oh, girl. And then she, she says, she's like, yeah, it's my daughter's first time moving in with a boy. And I, I just want to make sure that everything goes well in their move and I'm going to help them. I'm like, well. That is so radically different. Right? Exactly. Like, look at the difference. My mom. My mom would probably run a background check on this person. I don't even think I can even no. move in with my fiance. That's true. Yeah. I Actually, would have to be married, yeah. honeymoon up. Then I come back yeah. and then my mom is like, now you guys find a house. <laughs> like she expects us to be homeless <laughs> by the time we come back from the honeymoon. 
I don't live at his place. He doesn't live at my yeah. place. We buy a place together as a married couple. Yep. That's how my parents are, too. Yeah. <clears throat> my parents won't even allow. Like, if I have a boyfriend, he is not allowed to come in here. Yeah. Unless it's like, okay, maybe we have a family party or whatever. Right. But he is not to be seen around my room. Absolutely mm-hmm. not. Absolutely yeah. not. So, moving in would just be a whole story. I, I could just hear it from my mom now. I, Why aren't you getting married? Mm-hmm. It's a sin. Da, yep. da, da. You won't be able to, um, ¿cómo se dice? Comulgar. The, um, the communion. You won't be able to take communion because oh. you're living under sin. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yep. I think if I ever had to move in with a significant other, it would have, like, my significant other is going to be in L.A. <laughs> It would have to be literally across the country where, like, there's no surprise check-ins. And, like, I'm like, oh, I'm here for work. And the work is just me and my my man (laughs) and our dogs. Um, So so radically different. Wait, have you told your parents? Um, Like, yeah, I told them. So I went home this weekend, and I remember I told my mom, I was like, um, so I'm doing this thing and like before I even told her, she was like, You're leaving, like you're going on vacation and she was like shaking and I was like Um, no. I was like, Calm down, listen to what I have to say and like I have to literally like not baby talk my mom, no. but I have to like literally with my hands right now, you guys can't see, but I'm like doing like the like breathe easy hands yeah. and I'm like, All right, all right, kind of like approach her like we're, you know, in meditation and yes. have to speak very softly, mm-hmm. dim the lights, <laughs> put some like you essential just oils. Have to set, like this whole thing with her. I know, essential oils, because she's just like my mom is the type that she just hears like two, three words and then Oh, the rest is just like Yeah. And then you like her eyes bug out. So yeah. Oh my So God. I was like, okay, I'm going for work. This is for work. And I <laughs> I did want to do this a little bit sooner because, you know, with parents like ours, it's like two to six weeks <laughs> business days. Weekends don't count. This is when you have to put in your, your notice. Your notice. <laughs> yeah. Because that's how our parents operate. Very bureaucratic. Um, <laughs> but I was like, I didn't. But I was like, this is not news. I want to tell you over the phone. So I did. And they're scared. Yeah. <laughs> they're scared. Yeah, they're just like a plane. You haven't been on a plane since you were four. I was like, whose fault is this? <laughs> I don't I don't really understand why this is like, like falling on my shoulders. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah. Like, even when I'm going out to dinner with friends though, my parents are always like, Don't drink. Right. They're like, Don't drink. So it's always like, be like, don't drink, don't go anywhere. Like, I could yeah. literally be going to the mailbox and my parents are like, don't drink alcohol. And I'm like, okay, cool, thanks. Um, yeah, my mom always tells me that. But because she knows, I mean, I do like to yeah, drink. Yeah, my parents but... don't know anything. That's another thing that's very different about us. Oh, yeah, that, that, that um, is different. You're very outward yeah. in your rebellion. Um, my mom still thinks I'm a virgin. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> That's another podcast. That is another. Yeah. Oh, I have stories about that one. Oh. Yeah. But my yeah. mom thinks I'm really going to be wearing virginal white at the altar. Girl. <laughs> Little does she know that man and I have done many things, whoever he is. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, I'm very open about that with my parents. I think, like, to a certain point, they just knew because mm-hmm. of the way that I am. It's just like, well, there's that's nothing Karen. we can... That's Karen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I do not go out when I'm home. I just got a curfew at 26 years old, which is, like, when I go to the movies, and if it runs a little late, my curfew is 1130. <gasps> I never, I, I never went out in high school. At eleven thirty, I'm probably just arriving I, to the club. At eleven thirty, yeah, you're <laughs> probably leaving I'm your just house. Just leaving, yeah. That's what I was gonna tell you. Which is probably the reason why I get so annoyed when people are like, "Oh, come at midnight." I was like, "The fuck, I'm coming at midnight." <laughs> no, no, no. I need to be like tipsy by midnight. We start this party at eight p.m. <laughs> I think but that's where that comes Speaking about from. that, about party starting at 8 p.m., my mom did tell me that back in her time, mm-hmm. party started, I believe it was like 6 p.m., that's and garbage. they were over probably by <laughs> like 10 or 11, oh and God. that was late. And then she also told me that my grandma would take them to the dance, and she would be there the whole time. My dad went to a dance with me. He was there the whole time. Oh, really? Yeah, this was in um, middle school, seventh grade. Okay. Yeah. He wasn't a chaperone or anything at all. So he just invited himself? Just invited himself. I, like, made a big stink. I was like, I really want to go to this dance. Like, meh, 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 meh. Right. So they were like, okay, fine. We'll let you do this thing. My dad was there the entire time. And what did you do? I was so embarrassed. (gasps) Wait, that was how... Wait, you said seventh grade? Seventh grade, so I had to have been, like, 13? Yeah, probably. Oh, no, because my mom went, and this is, I don't even know which one is more embarrassing, yours or mine, but I think mine, honestly. Mm -hmm. It was for elementary, fifth grade. Mm -hmm. We had our little graduation ceremony, Mm -hmm. and then we had a dance in the school gym, Mm -hmm. and it wasn't even like it was going to start at 8 p.m. or nothing. It was like probably like two Mm -hmm. or whatever. But again, like you said, I was insistent that I wanted to go mm-hmm. and whatever. But what my parents didn't tell me was that I thought my mom was just going to take me there, <laughs> drop me off, and, and then, then come, come back. back. Yeah. No, she took me there. Not only did she stay throughout the whole thing. <laughs> was she the only parent there? No, no, she wasn't. There were other parents there, but obviously people knew they were the chaperones. Mm-hmm. But she took the camcorder. Oh, my dad didn't do that. My mom did. My dad did take food home. (laughs) And then when we get there, some of the kids started dancing a bit too close. Oh, yeah. We got frisky in the seventh grade. My mom gets close to me and she's like, don't dance, okay? Because your dad is going to watch this video. I was like, okay, so what do I do? Just sit here. We're like literally laughing to him. Now that I'm telling you, it sounds so funny. And then throughout the whole thing, and I I bet we were just there for like two hours. I was just there staying kind of close to her and talking to my friends. Oh my God. I was like, for this, we should have just stayed home. I know. I was like, I know. I felt the same way. I was like, I'm not going to go to a public space to listen to music. Like, that's a concert, it's not a dance. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
That's, yeah. Um. <laughs> and then when I graduated from, oh, no, yeah, so that was for elementary school. Mm-hmm. When I graduated from middle school, I didn't even bother insisting that I wanted to go because I was like, I bet they're going to go with yeah. me as well. Ooh, I have a question. Did you go yeah. to prom? No, I didn't. Me neither. Really? Yeah. Did you not go because you didn't want to or okay. because you weren't allowed? Because I was not allowed to So go to for me, it was a combination of both. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to go because I... It's not that I hated everyone that I went to high school with, mm-hmm. but my close circle was not going either because mm-hmm. it was also too expensive. Okay. So yeah, then... Yeah, was very expensive. Yeah, it was. Ours so. was at a like, really nice country club in New Jersey. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Ours was in some place in New Rochelle. That's all I remember. Mm-hmm. But first of all, yeah, it was expensive. I knew my parents were not going to give me permission. So I was like, I'm not even going to go. And my friends weren't going either. So it wasn't like mm-hmm. that terrible. I was the only one of my friends who didn't go. Oh, no. Yeah. Did not go to prom. How did you feel about that? I was upset. I could I didn't, imagine. I yeah. didn't make it aware that I was upset, though, at the time. Um, because I had to put on the front, like, oh, I really didn't want to go. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, you're was, not gonna let them win. Yeah, <laughs> I was. I'm. I'm still bitter. <laughs> I for anyone who's listening out there and has some disposable income and really loves me, <laughs> please throw me a prom. <laughs> well, that that should they should throw us a prom because I didn't go to mine either. Yeah. So might as well just have one with yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. have a prom. We should. Yeah, this was a good this was. Oh, wow. session of therapy. <laughs> yes, it was. Now thinking about it, like once I say it, it's like it's so hilarious. Mm-hmm. But at that moment where you're that age, you're like, oh, I know. And you like, know? you know, you didn't. So you, I grew up in the suburbs and like I did grow up in a fairly like very Haitian community. But like. Within, like, a five-mile radius. Like, outside of it, it's okay. ve- Rockland County is very white. Right. And I was always, like, one or two or maybe four or five black people in a class mm. my oh. entire life. Um, and even in undergrad, I was, like, one or two black people mm-hmm. in, like, <clears throat> I think there was, like, three black people on the, f- like, floor that we lived on on campus wow yeah so it was like it's kind of always a perpetual culture shock it's like I'm never used to it when like my white friends or my American (laughs) friends or like I did all these things and I'm like what how how yeah how (laughs) and then also when they're like I remember when I was younger and I would have friends be like, oh, yeah, just let your parents know that you're going to be at, like, so-and-so's house for a party. I was like, I'm not white. Like, I'm not, (laughs) I can't just let my parents know this. I don't walk into their, like, space, (laughs) the space that they're going to yell at me that they pay for and be like, I'm going to (laughs) so-and-so's party. Like, and honestly, because I'm not white and, like, they don't know your family and you have, like, a really, like, name that they can't pronounce. So you're going to be like, who's this person? Yes. I don't know them. If they're not one of us, you're not going. <laughs> yep. That's how my parents were a little bit when I got to high school. But the thing that was different here is that I started hanging out with more Mexicans. Because mm-hmm. when I was in uh, elementary and even in middle school, there wasn't that many. Mm-hmm. And it's not like we were like, oh, let's go to parties. Because mm-hmm. honestly, I think we were all in that situation where it was like we were not allowed to mm-hmm. go to parties. So we didn't even bother planning mm-hmm. them or whatever. 
But once I got to high school, obviously, I was 15 or whatever. And, you know, we started going to dances and all that. But the only reason why they started letting me go is because Angie... Mm-hmm. My closest and dearest friend, mm-hmm. obviously Marlene, shout outs to you as well. <laughs> but yeah, so Angie, she had her sweet 15 when we were freshmen in high school. Mm-hmm. So my parents went with me to her party mm-hmm. and they met her parents. parents. Yes. So then every time I would go out, it was like, okay, I'm, I'm going, going with, with Angie. Angie. Yeah. But my mom in her call book had Angie's house number Angie's address, mm-hmm. the name of her parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if, yeah, yeah, yeah. My mom, she, yeah, my parents are. There was no way I was gonna go to Timmy's house. My <laughs> parents was like, Timmy? Who is this Timmy? How you say this name? Okay, I'm over it. Yeah. So that's that's my childhood. Yeah, that's both of our childhoods. Yeah, probably a lot of our listeners' childhoods. Yeah. Yeah. I guess this is a good place to stop it. Yes. Yeah, just in conclusion. In conclusion. <laughs> we never went to time. prom. We never went to prom. <laughs> this is story time. Here's all our trauma. Maybe next podcast we'll explore how we try to unlearn <laughs> all of this. Karen uses alcohol, obviously. <laughs> I don't know what I use. That's yet to be determined. If you get anything from this, it's um, everything's about me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> if you get anything from this, it's you know celebrate milestones yeah. no matter how like small or big mm-hmm. you think they are because yep. for most people a trip on a plane is nothing it's nothing but you know when you come from a certain place that's everything mm-hmm. so i would encourage you know listeners of all backgrounds right. little things that you are able to do to assert your independence assert your identity yep. And just do things that make you happy um, and further your own growth. Celebrate, Celebrate them. Yep. Yeah. No matter how small they are. Trust me, it makes a big difference. Big, big difference. Yeah. That's, that's a great way to yeah. end it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I guess okay. we can move on to our highlights. Yes. Since we're on the parenting topic, I do have a go to hell. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. So this happened the last week, Friday, I believe. It was one of the coldest days out of the week. Mm -hmm. So my lazy ass, (laughs) I get out of the train here at at my stop right in the Bronx Mm -hmm. and I can easily walk to my place. Mm -hmm. But first, I'm like, eh, it's dark. Mm -hmm. Second, it's cold. Mm -hmm. So I'd rather just wait for the bus. Mm -hmm. So I'm waiting here for the bus. Which says that it's about to arrive in two minutes. Yeah. And then a few steps away from me, there is a little girl, probably about six years old. She was tiny. Mm-hmm. And the mom, obviously. So mm-hmm. this little girl is bundled up. Like, all you can see is her eyes. Yeah. You know how we would be bundled up back yeah, then. Yeah, that's okay. so cute. So that's how she was. But you can still see that she was cold. She was, like, trembling. Mm-hmm. And then she goes in her cute little voice. She's like, Mommy, I'm cold. And then she she was like, she said something else, something about being warm. Mm-hmm. And then her mom was on the phone, first of all, mm-hmm. didn't even look at her when the child was talking to her. Mm-hmm. Turns around and like she answered like you would answer your worst enemy. She goes, what did she say? Oh, yeah. She goes, I know you're cold and we're going home. So shut the fuck up. <gasps> I know. 
So that's what she said. She was like, we're going home. Shut the fuck up. What? I was like, how? How do you talk to a child like this? Now, first of all, I am not a parent. Mm -hmm. And people know that my patience with children is limited. Obviously, because I'm not used to being around with them every single day. Mm -hmm. But when my nieces and nephews come over... Like, I, I will play with them. I will pay as much attention to them as I can, even though they want me to look at the same thing, at the same thing for, like, 20 times, mm-hmm. you know? But I would never, never, not even to my own children, if I ever have, respond to them mm-hmm. in that way. Like, mm-hmm. that's just not the way you talk to a child. No. Because then that child is going to grow up thinking that if mommy talks to me like that, Other then... Other people can talk to me like that. Exactly. And not only that, is that they'll grow up thinking that cursing to your parents or to anyone is fine. Right. Because I know someone, which I'm not going to name. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think I've talked to you about this person. Anyway, but this parent would also curse a lot mm-hmm. when the children were young. Mm-hmm. So the kids grew up listening to all these curse words. Mm-hmm. And when they finally were able to talk, the parent would, would be like, no, only I curse because... I'm the mommy or the daddy. Mm-hmm. Only mommies and daddies are allowed to curse. Mm-hmm. Obviously, when the child got older, he, he or she knew that this was not true mm-hmm. and started cursing as well. So now every time they get rebellious or whatever, it's cursing, cursing here, back and forth, back and forth. Oh, and that's so toxic. Yeah. So yeah. I just personally think that it's not okay to talk to a child like that. Right. She could have said something else or like at least hug the child. Right. And then what got me pissed off even more is we get on the bus and the little girl, I, I, I'm assuming they had a long ride. The little girl gets on. She sits on like a two person seat. She goes on the inside and then she wanted to lean on her mom's shoulder mm-hmm. so that she could nap. Mm-hmm. And the mom kept on like, oh, that is rubbing disgusting. her off. I was like, what the hell? Then don't have children. Yeah. So she, she deserves to be in hell, yeah. honestly, because you don't treat a child like that. No. So I was just upset. Here we go. Karen is a warrior for elderly scams yes. and babies. Yes, I am. But my elderly people have a special place on my heart. Mm-hmm. And that's another episode. Nice. <laughs> All right. Do you have one? Like Paul Ryan's a piece of shit. Uh, um, <laughs> Doug Jones, actually, who, if anyone on this podcast also follows politics and just like knew what was going on in Alabama knows that Doug Jones just like very narrowly won because you know black people always have to mm-hmm. save you know these tired ass stupid yeah nonsense people who are making silly decisions because that's what white supremacy is yeah so he won almost entirely because of the black vote. Um, he's a Democrat from Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, he beat out child alleged child molester Roy Moore. Oh, right. Um, and we were, like, really rooting for him. I was rooting for him. I'm not an Alabaman. I'm a native <laughs> New Yorker. Yes. I'm in the Bronx. But here I am, rooting for this mm-hmm. guy. He was, like, among the first Democrats to fucking cave... Um, when it came time to like really stand their ground for you know the DACA decisions, I was oh, like, right. "Doug, we were really, really rooting for you," and he and let you he down. let me down. Mm-hmm. 
we showed out and we showed up for him. But yeah, um, him, Paul Ryan, of course. What's of course. his name? The yeah. Cheeto. Yeah, the Cheeto. Um, yeah, I just think this whole administration can go to hell. Right. What is we, it? We should just send them all it's, to hell. It's um, January 29th, so it's mm-hmm. a year and nine days now. Yep. I'm over it. <laughs> I know. I'm like, how much longer is this man going to be in the office? Well, according to the Constitution, he has four years. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. But um, that's my that, go to hell. Those right. two people are really my go to hell. It's just like, listen... Don't don't fuck around with people's yeah. lives like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yep. All right. Well, this is how we end the podcast for today. Yeah. Uh, so I would love to hear any of your childhood <laughs> stories. Like Karen and I would absolutely like double back and have another we episode would. Oh, hell with yeah, all because of your stories. I have more stories and yeah. I would love sharing everyone else's yeah, stories. Yeah, so just like hit us up on Twitter, even DM us on Instagram, slide in those DMs. We also have email. Oh yeah. Duh. <laughs> I'm such a millennial. What's an email? From the Bronx with love at gmail.com. Yes. So. You can share your stories and we would gladly read them here on the podcast. Yeah. We could do that. Yeah, so let us know. Say hi. Give us feedback. And you know where we at. So follow us. Follow us. Rate us. <laughs> like us. And thank you so much for listening. This has been From the Bronx with Love. Bye, guys. Bye.